It's, it's rather like the man who's in the condemned cell and he wakes up in the morning to be told that he's been reprieved. It's like the person who has a terminal condition, having the doctor walk in and say, I've got really good, we've found the remedy. And it's, it's that kind of sense of, have you, ever, have you ever woken up in the morning after having dreamed, and the dream was horrible, and you thought the dream was real, and then you woke up and you, it dawns on you that it was just a dream? Did, have you ever, oh, you know, some of us are kind of strange in our, inside our heads. And uh, you just say, oh, what a relief. It's, that, that's not going to happen. That kind of feeling. And these three steps, if I can just draw a parallel, I think you might find helpful. Just the medical one, that Paul begins by giving a diagnosis of our condition. He, he, he tells us how bad it is so that we might grasp how much we need the remedy, how important the medicine is for us. And then he gives us a prognosis for the future. So those are the three things kicking in. So let's have the bad news first, that uh, the the clear diagnosis of our condition. Uh, It's a dead serious condition, and uh, Paul isn't flattering that uh, I, I, I kind of sit where you sit um, quite a lot. And uh, so sometimes I almost get the feeling that, that the preacher's trying to make me feel good. You know, that uh, saying that there's something really special about me and that's why God loves me. Paul isn't saying that at all. I mean, what he's saying about our condition is a reality check on how serious it is and how bleak. Now, so I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this because I know you, because I, m- the, I don't know you, most of you. One or two, I could say that this is true of you. But uh, for the majority, I'm just saying it because this is God's assessment. And he says, first of all, in verse 1, that spiritually we're dead. We have no life in us. He says it again in verse 5, that we are like dead. Spiritually, we have all the qualities of a corpse. We, we, we don't hear. We don't see God. We're not aware of our feelings. And so that's the first thing he says, that he says that our condition is, is, is not just that we're going to, but spiritually, that's, that's our starting point. There's something terribly wrong with us. And then he says that we are adrift in verses 2 and 3. He says that we're just following this world. We're just going with it like a dead fish. That we're just being swept along and taking in all that this culture and world is just... We're just absorbing it all. And that fundamentally, he says, that we're self-centered, not God-centered. I told you it wasn't flattery. And then he goes, it just gets worse each step. And he then says that there's a sense of captivity on our lives. That there's this spiritual power, the wrong power, that the power that potentially will destroy me, that has a control and an influence on my life. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, describing my condition, he says that, Because of all that, I'm under God's wrath. Now, God's wrath isn't God's peak. 
it, it isn't that God is bad-tempered or, or in some way spiteful, but that, that, that there is in God a, a divine reaction to the sin and transgression that is in my life anyway, that, that I have a serious problem when it comes to God. That Paul is saying that all of us, we're all in the same boat together, that we're out of tune with God, we're out of touch, and we're out of time. We're on the wrong direction, (laughs) our desires are wrong, and our destiny isn't great. Now, it's on the screen. This is what God inspired Paul to write and it's God's diagnosis of the seriousness of my condition. It's, this is why I need Jesus so much. This is why what he's done for me is so wonderful that, hey, you and I have been in serious trouble. We, we've been living um, oblivious. They say, oh, David, come on. There's a bit of hyperbole here. You're, you're overstating it. I mean, you haven't met my next-door neighbor. Um, you know, he's a thoroughgoing humanist, um, but, you know, he's nicer than you. And, well, that's probably quite possible. But um, the, I, I found what John Stott in one of the commentaries said just about us. I, I'm just talking collectively of humanity as we find each other. And this is what he says. In the sphere that matters supremely... They have no life, and you can tell it. Blind to the glory of Jesus Christ, deaf to the voice of the Spirit, no love for God, no sensitive awareness of his personal reality, no leaping of spirit, no cry of Abba Father, no longing for fellowship with his people. They are as unresponsive to him as a corpse, dead while they're still living. And actually, it's true. We, we might think in Syria it's more obvious, but it's also true in Thornhill. I mean, some people are Marks and Spencer's sinners. I mean, they, you know, they look really, really... Some of us, yeah, you do, you look great. But inside, we, the, we all have this same problem, Paul is saying. And it's more obvious with some and with others. But in verse 3, he puts it that uh, just blatantly, all of us also. So all of us. So this is God's, this is the bad news, first of all. I told you it was the bad news first. Um, And Paul isn't exaggerating or overstating or being morose. We've had a near miss. If I can talk to you as a Christian, if you're a Christian, listen. We had no idea how serious our predicament was. Do you know, have you ever had a DMA? Been on the motorway, and you, 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 you that the suddenly everything grinds to a halt, and there's this mangled mess up front, and and uh, you're driving past, and your wife says to you, "Now then, if I hadn't lost my glasses, that could have been us." Do you, do you know the feeling? I, I know the feeling. There's a there's here a a clear diagnosis. I, 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 we need to be upfront and honest about this. Naturally, without Jesus, we are in serious trouble. There's something very 
serious going on. Uh, some of us who've been around, I've had my share of I had three cancers in five years. And I, I remember the consultant coming in with that serious look on his face. The, the cancer look. And uh, when they didn't know what it was and they kept dressing themselves in funny clothes so they didn't catch anything from it. I, I remember the first woman had a letter with the se- and just the seriousness of it. Uh, and then, I, again, it was, it was in the Heath, and this was number two, uh, and in walks the consultant, and he's still serious, but this time there's something urgent in the way that he is. And it, it, that uh, they'd been a bit foxed and uh, that uh, they'd missed it. I didn't present normally. That's not unusual. And, 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 it, and we know what it is, he said. We know what it is. And we're starting chemo today. He, now that his tone had changed. It wasn't mystified what on earth is wrong with you. Now it was, now we know what the condition is. Now's the time to start the treatment. And, uh, you know, if I'd known what that meant, that little word chemotherapy meant, I probably wouldn't have felt thrilled and relieved and excited at the prospect. But uh, I was. I didn't say, oh, no, no, I don't like medicine. You know, I, I, it, it might make me ill. And therefore, here Paul then moves on to the remedy. And he begins in verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God... <laughs> The the diagnosis is terrible. It's worse than any of us, I suspect, fully understand how how, what the, the scale of mess we were in. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy. That out of his love for us, he gives us the bad news first, so we'll, we'll appreciate the medicine. That Jesus came to give life to this corpse. He, he came to breathe, to create again. That's how he causes it in verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created. That God is doing, as, when someone becomes a Christian, God is doing something new. He, he's breathing life where there wasn't any. And uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The, the old has passed away and, and the, the new has come. And, and Paul is saying the same thing here. He uses this word saved. It's, it's, it's gone out of fashion a little bit. But, but if, we, if, we, that, uh, if we kind of wrap it, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you've been rescued through faith. That, uh, that uh, blind you, it, it's a perfect participle. It, it, it's something happened in the past. That God saved and the benefits and consequences are ongoing. That they continue onward. What Jesus did on the cross, the benefits and all of that in chapter 1. The benefits are ongoing. And he talks in verse 6 how he has raised us. So we're connected in redemption. We're now connected in resurrection as as the Spirit of God enables us to hear and to see and to be aware. Do you remember when that first happened? When you weren't a Christian, and, or you thought you were, and then you realized you weren't, and, and, and suddenly what God was saying and, and, and the, who God was, and, and the thing, you just, things just, the, the penny dropped somehow. 
Uh, and that was God bringing life and, 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 and grace. <laughs> grace. Grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. And he's lavished grace on us. That's the, that's the medicine. That it, It's a gift. It's something that God has given that I've become connected. And the, 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 the consultant, the medicine, it needs to be taken. <laughs> it needs to be received. It's going to do me good. Uh, by grace you've been saved through faith. Faith is, is taking the medicine. It isn't trying to heal myself. The, 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 in, in terms of, of kind of insurance policies, the, this is a non-contributory policy. I, you haven't got any of those. You have to cough up. This one is non-contributory. That Jesus has paid in a down payment everything needed, and it's been done for us. And we, sometimes we, we have a problem here, don't we? We have this earning instinct. Well, I've got to do something. Well, thank you, God, for make, do, doing all that you've done in the Lord Jesus. But I'll just try harder. No, no. By grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not through works, lest we should boast about it. We've just got to take the medicine. That, yeah, I was dead through what I'd done and the sin that I'd inherited. But that we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of all our iniquities, our transgressions, our sins, according to the riches of his grace, which we, he has lavished on us. That's the medicine. So here we are. We, a, a very serious diagnosis. That's how God presents our condition to us. A very wonderful remedy. And a medicine that I just have to take. I just have to trust in Christ to have the benefit of it. But then what's the prognosis? Well, doctor, um, how long have I got? Um, uh, doctor, uh, how far am I going to recover? Well, the prognosis is astonishing, isn't it? that uh, we have been attached to the Lord Jesus, not only to his redeeming and his resurrection, but also to his reign. Verse 6, we have been seated with him. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. So that our future is well connected. Is that the way to put it? That, uh, that he is going, to, according to verse 7, that our prospects are so good that the prognosis is so outstanding, he's going to make an exhibition of us. He's, he, we, we are going to be on display that all the principalities and powers can see what those people who were so dead, so guilty, so far from God, those people have, through his grace and through the gift that's become ours, those people are going to live forever? Really? That, that, that our, 
How long have I got to live, doctor? Forever? How well am I going to live? Better than ever? The prognosis is wonderful. That one of the people commenting on this verse talks about the man who walked in and into an art gallery and looked at a painting and he didn't say, wow, what a great painting. He said, wow, who painted that? And the principalities and powers, when they, know, when they realize just where we've come from and where he's brought us, and in the end, what our prospects are, who did that? <laughs> who painted that? Who made that? And verse 10, he says that we are his handiwork, his, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. He, he's making a, you into a masterpiece. The, the prognosis is completely different from the diagnosis. And I'm sure that when you and I get there, in wherever, however heaven, we'll know when we get there. Is it here? Is it there? Is it, you know, hey, the Bible says a lot about it. But when you and I get there, I'm sure some angel is going to look at another angel and look at you and I and say, how did they get here? Well, because of this grace of God, our prognosis is wonderful. We may be on life support forever. We are certainly well connected that the life that we've been given is unending and his grace is incomparable. And that he has designs on us in all of this, grand designs. It's not about a building. It's about his church and these good works, these things which God has saved us for, that we would be a praising, honoring, holy people forever because we've been joined at the heart with the Lord Jesus. If you become a Christian, we've been joined at the heart, not the hip, to his resurrection and his redemption and his reign. And uh, our prospects have been transformed and it, it was God who did it. I think that's the core of what Paul is trying to say. God did it. God broke into our lives. God sent his son to the cross and raised him from the dead. And he ascended to the Father so that I, you and I might know forgiveness of sins, might be brought to life and hear his voice and see his glory and be aware of his presence and reign with him forever. God did it. It's God who's rich in mercy. He did the whole shooting match. Uh, and, and this is the gospel, isn't it? <laughs> this is the message. That we might be in one terrible mess. But Jesus has sorted it. That, and there's this gift. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not by works, lest we should boast about it. And, and it, it's a gift, a gift. And I take this gift to be my own, that Jesus died and rose again to forgive me and to give me life 
and to cause me to reign. My, my, my diagnosis was grim. Worse, your condition is worse than I could have imagined. But the remedy is total. The rescue is complete. And our prognosis is amazing. We're going to live forever. We, 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 we've been reconciled to a holy God and are going to enjoy him forever. We've been reconciled. We've been restored. We've been forgiven. And just as I started, if you're not yet a Christian, this is what God has done for you. It's extraordinary. What an amazing thing a Christian is. You'd never know, would you, if you just looked at one. But it is wonderful what the Lord Jesus has done by his grace. Let's bow our heads. It's not easy, Lord, always to take this in. We like to think that we're better than we are and that in some way we might be able to impress you. But we take what your word says this morning and, and, and put our hands up and say, it's true, it's true. If you hadn't come to rescue me, if your spirit hadn't come and stirred and brought life to my heart, I'd have never believed in the first place. It's you that opened my eyes. You, you didn't, I didn't seek you. You sought me. And we are so grateful. And that Lord Jesus, in your dying and resurrection, in your triumph over sin and death and hell, you have triumphed. And you've connected me to your death and resurrection and reign and brought the potential of the wonder of it into my life forever. And so, Lord, we, we bow before you this morning, recipients of a gift. And some of us just trying to grapple with this. And is it really so easy? Is it just that I need to turn and trust and turn away from that which was harming me and receive the one who will bring only blessing to me? And the Spirit of God stirring in your heart, saying, yeah, that's the way. Jesus is the one. He's done everything you need. Trust and faith, receiving the gift. Lord Jesus, we pray that each of us might value the gift, having seen our condition and glory in our prospects. In Jesus' name, amen.